Now, we are starting a brand new series today. Come on. Our, our, leader, our uh, preaching teams worked really hard on uh, creating this one and crafting it so well, and uh, this series is, is all about Scripture. We just spent a month on intimacy with God, um, and, and we targeted specifically to, to talk about intimacy before we talked about Scripture, and here's why. Um, it's really easy. We can open up our Bibles and treat them like textbooks. Um, but they're, they're a means through which God desires to encounter us in his presence, in an intimate place. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're setting that straight. And so as we're, we dive into the series, we want to talk about this, this discipleship metric um, that we've come up with uh, for Scripture. There we go. It's my imaginary clicker. Does anybody still call it a clicker? Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> my grip. Ouch. <laughs> That's my favorite response I've ever had. Um, yes. Um, so I, I called a clicker all the time. My kids are like, what are you talking about, Dad? Well, they don't even know if it's a remote. They're like trying to do this, and I don't even know. Um, so this is our metric, and this is the thing that we want to get to as disciples, as people who are being um, giving, uh, moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life. Scripture really helps us do that so well, and it's this. I regularly spend, I regularly spend time in the Scriptures and know how to apply them to my life. So where you're sitting at right now, scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate your current engagement with Scripture, that you're regularly spending time in, God, in, in the Scriptures, right? And that you know how to apply them to your life. One to ten. Hold on to that number for a little while. See, I believe something has happened in the church. We've, we've actually devalued the importance of reading and spending time in the Bible, um, over the years, because for so long, it was presented to us as like, the only way for you to possibly be able to connect with God is what? Read your Bible, say your prayers. If you're a wrestling fan in the 80s, Hulk Hogan would also say, read your Bible, say your prayers, take your vitamins, right? But this is just, read your Bible, say your prayers, read your Bible, say your prayers, read your Bible, say your prayers, and it was just, that was it. But what if you're a person who, studying and, and reading like that doesn't, doesn't really connect. It's not, that's not the connecting place for you. Um, so we had this movement go on in the church, and we actually, in the intimacy series, we, we start practicing these pathways where people, we were saying to people, listen, it's okay. Go connect with God out in nature. It's great. Right? Do that. Connect with God through your senses. Connect, connect with God through celebration and dance. Connect with God. There's so many ways you're wired to connect with him. And what happened along the way is I think we started to, to move in this connection piece. We swung the pendulum way, way to one side where we went, I'm just going to go to the spaces where I can encounter God and I can listen and I can hear him. Um, and, and along the way, we left our Bibles behind. Anybody feel like that? Anybody encounter? We kind of just left them behind. And, um, I, th- I think that there, our best practice will lie somewhere in the middle. And I'm hoping through this series, we see that pendulum just settle. Right back in the middle again. Where through intimacy, the intimacy that, that we, we were learning last time, that we were practicing in our communities. Um, and by the way, it's been so encouraging 
to hear the stories um, of how people have been reconnecting with God in his presence yeah, through our river communities. Um, person after person, I've heard story after story. It's been great. But it's in his presence that God speaks through Scripture. Right? It's in his presence that he speaks to us through Scripture. And so we want to make sure that, that we're both pursuing him in his presence and we are, um, we are bringing our Bibles in there with us. So as we kick off the series, there are three ways that I want us to think about um, our engagement with Scripture. And there, there are these three. And so um, the first is this. I, I'd like for us to view Scripture as the path of blessing. All right? The path of blessing. Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it's only a four-verse uh, psalm, uh, but we're going to hone in on these. Psalm 1 says this, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So walking in step with Scripture means, according to the psalmist here, that we, if we're doing this and we're engaging um, the words of God, we uh, are yielding healthy fruit. There's healthy fruit being born in our lives. Just like last, uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about God was doing this pruning work, and he prunes the vine so that the, the branch itself, if he's the vine and we're the branches, the branch itself is yielding the, the largest amount of fruit it possibly can. Um, it's producing really good fruit. And so we're yielding this healthy fruit and the Scripture helps us do that. Um, it actually says that, that Scripture will, will uh, lead to prosperity in our lives. Or actually, let me, let me help us rethink about that a little bit. I think it reframes prosperity for us because it grounds it in, in what God says about what a prosperous life looks like. And it commits our souls to, to the watchful care of God. So our, our posture coming into it then, as the psalmist says, is, is we come with delight as we meditate. And by meditate, um, we don't mean like Eastern meditation where we're, we're emptying, trying to empty our minds of everything. That's, that's not the meditation that Scripture talks about. Scripture talks about a meditation that is the filling of your mind. It's the turning of your thoughts to Scripture in such a way that it permeates every area of your life. And God's intention, then, is to make my path straight, to lead me on this path of blessing. To have Scripture allowed to be, like we see elsewhere in, in, in the Bible, for Scripture to be the lamp to my feet, the, the, the light that illuminates my path. Now, uh, a couple weeks ago, my daughter Anna turned 18. Um, it is weird to be the parent of an adult when I'm just starting to feel like an adult myself. Um, I ran into a friend yesterday, and I said, no one told me that your 40s were going to feel like this. And she said, yeah, but at least we look good. And I was like, that's what I say all the time. 
It's like my body might feel like it's falling apart now, but at least we still look good. At least we think so. We fool ourselves into believing that. Um, so um, my daughter turned 18, and we went to the city, and I thought, man, we're going to have such a great time. We're going to go to the city, and we're going to take the right train, and here's the best path to go, um, and all of that. And then we ran into this, this crazy reality. Both of our phones were at 15%, and we were in trouble. Because, man, does Google Maps help when you get that little walk icon in the dots, right? Suddenly, I've got false confidence. Um, I am directionally challenged. Anybody else directionally challenged in the room? All right, I am amongst friends. That is awesome. Um, sometimes I'm the only one. My wife remembers, like, she goes, she could drive to Kansas and tell you the route to get there the next day. Like, she remembers everything and what's along the way. Um, I'm completely directionally challenged. Um, instead of oftentimes in my life, going from point A to point B, I start making up new letters in the alphabet along the way um, that didn't exist before. There's like A, B, and ARC, or whatever, I don't even know. Um, so I, I'm making them up. And, and what, what, what happens is, instead of me following the path that I, that I thought I was going on, that I really initially set out on, um, it actually looks like this. Uh, right? Um, where my, if you were to track me on GPS in the city, I would make some beautiful art. Um, but while it might look like artwork, it's actually really exhausting, right? If you, get, if you get lost somewhere and you get turned around and you go three blocks in the wrong direction, you usually have to go like six to get back, right? Because you've got to go north and you don't even, I don't even know which way north is most of the time. So, um, but it can be really exhausting. And I think we can all um, be really directionally challenged, especially as it goes in our spiritual lives, especially as it comes to Scripture. Because so many times our pro- my approach to Scripture is, okay, Jesus, I'm going to sit down and speak to me. All right? Next time you go, you're like, eh, this looks good, speak to me. And, and it's like, um, going into life and, and not having a GPS turn on. We're not going in the path of blessing. Um, we're just picking and choosing. We're hoping we land somewhere. We land in a place that speaks to us. God's intended that, that Scripture is a path of blessing to us. It's this path of blessing. So, um, not only is it meant to be a path of blessing, we get that clear, right? Say so it's a path of blessing. Okay, good. Yeah, there we go. Um, second way I want us to think about this is Scripture is meant for transformation, not information. As we engage Scripture, it's meant for transformation, not, not information. Um, I love to read. I, I was a history major in college. I love to read history. I love to read long, boring books that, like, overly describe battles you know what I mean? And, and, and all these things. Like, I love diving into it. Um, I read a lot for information. I think we're trained to read for information. All right? When you're in school and even when you're in college, you're always reading because there's some kind of an exam that you don't want to fail. And then we come to Scripture and we treat it the same way. We're like, I, I, I got to read this so that I get all the answers right. Right? So, so that I, I don't fail the test. Like, what if someone comes to me and, and they ask me a question and I don't know the answers, right? What if, what if someday I'm standing before God and he's like, hey, would you mind uh, quoting Jeremiah 40, uh, verse 3 for me? 
No, like that's not at all what Scripture is intended to be. It's not how we're intended to engage Scripture. It's not just this guidebook for life, and that's what we're told, isn't it? This is the guidebook for life, but it's really not. It can't just be a textbook. It can't just be read that way. Reading your Bible is not an assignment. It is the primary source through which the Holy Spirit transforms me by renewing my mind while at the same time speaking to my heart. Paul wrote to Timothy and reminded him, listen, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's got that, that word we've used before, the Ruach HaKodesh, the breath of God on it, the Holy Spirit, and it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God could be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It means when you open this, God wants to breathe life on you through his words. Not to inform you, but to transform you. Great reminder. A quote that, that I've heard time and again is when I open Scripture, it's not to read the Bible, it's to let the Bible read me. To to allow myself to come to it with an open heart and open mind and open ears to allow God to speak to me to make me new not to study for a test third way I want us to think about scripture not just that it's the path of blessing um, or uh, not just that it's, it's about transformation and not information, is, is Scripture is about revelation and not rules. It's about revelation and not rules. Simply put, not a rule book. How many of us engage Scripture going, or we stay away because if we feel like we know what the rule is, we're going to break it, and we're just fearful we become afraid of Scripture. Has anybody ever been afraid of Scripture? I've been afraid of it. I've been afraid to open my Bible um, because I feel like I can't live up to it. None of us can. That's not the point. The point isn't whether or not you can live up to this. The point is Jesus lived up to this. And it's the means through which God has revealed himself and his love for humanity through Christ. This beautiful moment after the resurrection where Jesus is setting things straight regarding Scripture. Because even his disciples at this point, they're, they're still, still trapped in living this way where their lives were all about the rules. And, and now Jesus is gone, and, and, and they're in this struggle of like, what do we go to now? What do we do now? And in Luke 24, he starts talking to them about it. And it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. See, if scripture is about revelation and not rules, um, then it's not about how to live or, or giving us a new law to follow. Jesus is stating that the very foundation of the scripture, the very foundation of the scriptures, 
is the revelation of Jesus throughout them. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, Jesus is on every page, and he's seeking to reveal himself. And when our focus is on gauging Scripture, in this way where we're, we're saying, coming to it and saying, God, reveal yourself, reveal yourself to me. It changes completely how, how we engage it. And let me give you, give you an example of this, because um, years ago when, when I was, I was uh, kind of chewing through all this stuff and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and, and all of that, I came across a book that um, talked about this particular painting. And this was actually before uh, Henry Nouwen wrote a great book called The Return of the Prodigal Son, but I read an article uh, a couple of years before that, that was, was talking about this. If anybody familiar with this, this painting, um, right? So this is Rembrandt's uh, prodigal son. Um, you see the, the younger son down with the father, uh, loving him. You see that shadowy face in the back. Can you see it? Like right st- center in the middle is the older son. Now, when we engage Scripture rule-bound, we engage this story of the prodigal son, right? One son demands his inheritance. He goes off. He spends it all. He comes back. Um, and uh, father's waiting for him. He meets him. He, he loves him. While, meanwhile, the older son, uh, who had been following all the rules, becomes uh, quite jealous of him. And um, when we're rule-bounds, I think our approach to that story will always be, which son am I? Am I the, old, am I the older son or the, uh, the younger one? The older brother or the younger brother, right? Which brother am I? The older one or the younger one? How many, how many times have you heard that? Like, which one are you in the story? Are you the older brother or the younger brother? Are you the wild, crazy one that's, that's turned away from Jesus right now? Or are you the one um, who's sitting back and you're going, I can't believe God has so much grace for people? When we're rule-bound, that's the only way we can read that story. When actuality, this story is about the revelation of the love of God and the depths of it. We've got to start there when we engage Scripture. God, what are you revealing about who you are? Then, once we've, we know who he is, what he has to say about us changes. Because he goes, listen, in your life, you are going to be both the younger brother and the older brother. In your life, you might be neither. That's not the point. I am the loving father who will always be waiting for you. I will always be pursuing you. And it, it, it brings us back to the revealed heart of God um, throughout the scriptures. N.T. Wright wrote this way, and he says, this is why we, we, we have to look at Scripture this way. He says, because again and again, we find that as we submit to Scripture, as we wrestle with the bits that don't make sense, there's a lot of bits that don't make sense, right? As we wrestle to the bits that don't make sense, and as we hand through to a new sense that we haven't thought of or seen before, God breathes into our nostrils his own breath, the breath of life. And we become living beings a church recreated in his image, more fully human, thinking, and alive, 
beings. See, what Wright is getting at is when we engage Scripture, when we open it up, and we say, God, I know this is the path of blessing. I know this is about transformation and not information. I know that this is about revelation and not rules. When we come to Scripture that way, means that every time I open it up, there is a supernatural exchange that is now happening. Have you thought about it that way? It's not just a book to read. It's not just text. It's not just a bunch of stories. It is a means through which God supernaturally breathes life into us. not engaging it that way. And if I open up Scripture and I'm not experiencing this supernatural change, then it's possible that it's because I'm leading it, reading it one-sided. It's about me and what I can get out of it. It's about me. And instead of trying to pull something out of it, when I come to it, Engaging him. He starts pulling stuff out of me. So as we move in this series, as we move into this this season that we're currently in right now, this next month, Could, could we approach Scripture maybe in a different way than we have before? Could we approach Scripture as a path of blessing? Could we approach Scripture not, not for the information contained in it, but for the opportunity to be transformed? Could we approach Scripture not for new rules to live life by, but to see God revealed. Now, over the, the course of this month in our communities, um, we're going to be supplementing some of our reading of Scripture with growth tools, and, and, and I hope that you might uh, join us uh, in this path. So there are three growth tools in particular that... that um, we want you to pay attention to. If you're a book person, where are my book people? Yeah, book people. Okay, you're like, yeah, books. Like my Amazon list is so full, you have no idea. I wish someone would like find my wish list and start buying, like buy, sending me things, you know. Um, but that would just add to the stack of books I already have that I haven't read yet. Uh, um, if you're a book por- person, uh, this book, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible, it's a bit of a classic uh, by Max Anders is a great place to start. Um, this helps you get a little bit into the deep dive uh, of Scripture. I'm asking, if, if you're a book person, consider ordering this and spending the next 30 days reading through it because, conveniently, you can read it in 30 days. Um, yeah, I know. It's incredible, right? It lined up so nicely with everything you're trying to do. Um, but if you want to get 30 days and just commit to this deeper understanding, do a little bit of a deeper dive, um, this is a great place to start. Uh, where are my uh, auditory learners? Like, you learn by listening to someone speaking to you, right? 
you got some mixed hands, you got some, okay. Auditory learners, Bible project. This is your jam for the next 30 days, okay? Spend some time there. This podcast is rich, and it brings Scripture to light in incredibly insightful ways, and sometimes some really challenging ones. <laughs> this, um, but you will have a richer experience with Scripture through it, for sure. So, Bible Project is for you. Now, how many of you are visual learners? Yeah, okay. Man, it's like, it's like pretty evenly divided. Some of you, I think, raise your hand for all of them. So, um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, if you are, anybody know this? This is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, I was going to show you a clip, but then I decided I wasn't going to do that to you today. Uh, because it seems for me, every time I watch these videos, and you can watch the videos, you can Google them, Jesus Storybook Bible, find different ones, engage scripture, maybe even open your Bible alongside of it. Every time I do, I cry. Because it's, it's, they capture the context, they capture the heart of God. They capture God's heart so well in these retellings. Sa- uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones, um, for a while now, uh, Sarah and I had given out as gifts this this Bible um, to like nieces and nephews and different people are like, this is the one, you got to read this. It's so good. But here's, I, every adult I've ever encountered though goes, um, I actually buy two and I keep one. It's that rich. So you can get the book if you're book people. But I encourage you, check out the videos because they're really beautifully narrated. The guy's got the best British voice accent you've ever heard. Um, Mary. Why are you crying? No, it's so good. Um, oh, I can't even now. I'm done. All right. So let's go back to our... So this is 30 days. We're good? Everybody. Okay, so in communities, we're going to be checking in on these. So a regular question to start off every night is going to be, hey, have you been engaging one of these? What, what's, what's God saying to you through it? How's he, how's, how is your, your practice of reading Scripture um, changing? How's it different? and encouraging each other along the way. And if you're not in a community yet, our Monday night community, we've got a couple of spots left. It's for you. Come on out. Um, Let's get back to our metric, right? This metric that we had talked about in the beginning. I I regularly, that's a hard word for me to say today. I regularly spend time in the scriptures and know how to apply them to my life. Um, And you wrote a number, right? Listen, our, our, our goal whenever we enter into anything related to growing uh, in our faith is not to go, man, I feel really bad, I'm a two, but you know what, I'm going to jump into something so I can become a ten, right? No, we just look and we go, how do we move from a two to a three? That's growth. That is legitimate, huge growth in your life. Just one step. How do we move one step? So, I'm going to ask, would you commit to engaging Scripture in God's presence for the next 30 days? If, just like we talked about intimacy, time and proximity and communication, right, that's our formula for intimacy, then we need to make time. And listen, I know our lives are busy, But to do this, we've got to make time. Because this is, the real, this is the real stuff. This is stuff that actually enables us to live our lives. This is the path of blessing. 
My, che- my paycheck feels like the path of blessing, but it's, it's not. Because this is actual life being breathed into us. So for the next 30 days in God's presence, would you commit to making the time, that time, to, to, to find the proximity, to draw near to him as he draws near to you, and then communicate that you would let him speak first about who he is. Let him remind you how good he is, how faithful he is, how loving he is. So that we can continue developing a level of intimacy with him that will just make us different. Thank you.